Jesus. Give Jesus a standing hand clap. That's a way of praising Him. My healing is coming. My joy is coming. My help is coming when I praise the Lord through the blood of Jesus and the praise of the Lord. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah to Jesus. Remain standing. Wow. Uh, a brand new song for, for us, but I hope it's a, a tradition. He started singing that out, and some of you all thought, well, you know what? That's starting a little slow. We might take a nap before the preaching. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Jesus, for the power of praise. And while you stand, I moved this morning to have a special prayer. And, and I am wanting to pray this morning for our troops in Afghanistan, Iraq, and every place else in the world where they guard us by night and day. On the ocean, in the air, on land. Under the ocean, thousands, up to 100,000 in Afghanistan. And we, we need not take for granted that somebody is watching the door. Somebody is a watchman on the wall and a keeper of the gate. I'm especially moved. I'm going to ask the prayer team to join me and the elders that are here to the altar. And, and my brother Timmy, would you come please, sir? Dr. Lemmy is the wife of our brother Leumo. Dr. Lemmy, I'm going to ask, he represents all the troops. But his wife is a medical doctor here in our county, serves at PAP Clinic. She is on her stint in the country of Iraq. He is here with his children. I want him to represent all the others. And I want, us to, I want Dr. Yimmy to know that while we are thousands of miles away in a different time zone, the Holy Ghost knows no difference of time zone or location. Yes. I, I want you this morning, I want you in the house, a pastor, someone I love, care about in my family, presently serving in the military somewhere. Somewhere they're serving. Raise up your hand. Hold it up high if that's you. Hold it up for a moment now because I have a reason for that because I want those around you to see those hands. They, now, you may put them down. When I anoint our brother here, then I am going to ask you to touch those around you who raise their hands for their protection. These are our sons and daughters. These are somebody's husband or wife. These are somebody's grandson or granddaughter. And we are going to plead the blood of Jesus over them and protection. Stretch your hands this way. My father, in keeping with the anointing on this service... I anoint our brother for every soldier, male and female. Come on, pray with me, church. Young, middle-aged or older, experienced or not yet experienced. I pray that you'd be a shield about them and a lifter of their heads. I pray that you would show them the danger so they can avoid it. I pray, oh God, that you would cause them to call upon the Lord. They may feel alone. They may be full of fear, but I rebuke it, Lord. I pray that the plans the enemy have for them will not succeed. I pray that you will destroy the weapons that are designed to destroy them and give them discernment of who the enemy is. God, bring our sons and daughters safely home. I pray for, oh God, protection of every branch of the military in every area of operation. Oh, heal our land. And Lord, I pray for those who are grieving the death of their loved ones in recent weeks and days. My God, may America be grateful for our soldiers. May we never forget them. May we pray for them every day. I pray for Dr. Lemmy, God, and all of our peers, a special anointing. Father, for everyone else who has prayed for others here today, we commit them to your protection and your care. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And everybody say amen. Amen it is. God bless you, my brother. Go ahead and give the Lord a praise. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Holy Ghost. Could you remain standing, please, if, you, if you're able to do so for the reading of the Word. Would you go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 for our scripture today. Thank you for participating in not just that prayer, but what you will do beyond today. 
that God may protect our nation. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. This is the third in the series of lessons on the power-driven life, the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to begin at verse number 14. It's after Colossians. It's before Timothy. It's on page 1040. If that don't help you, I don't have another way. It's on the screen, too. Verse 14, 1 Thessalonians 5. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those that are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. Isn't that a good word? But there's more. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. That's good too, isn't it? Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you to give thanks. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who will, who also will do it. Everything he asks you to do here, he is faithful. He'll help you do it. And the helper comes from the Holy Spirit. Could you give me 30 seconds of a prayer from your heart and from your spirit? Pray the word anointing and liberty to bring the word to us. Let the river keep flowing, Lord. Let the river keep flowing. Let it get deeper. Not a river deep to drown us or to cause us to struggle, but deeper in the sense, O oh God, that with the depth of the river becomes the depth of the anointing and the power to receive the word. God, many of the mountains before us that are insurmountable, many of the dark nights before us that have no light, but you will help us to scale the mountain and you'll be the light in our darkness. Somebody say Amen. Give us more of the fire and power and anointing of the Holy Ghost. That everything you say here, God, that I just read, that we might be able to accomplish. God, I pray for unction for me and power to bring the Word and unction and power for everyone here. Lift us up in higher heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I expect great things because you're a great God. And everybody say amen. Amen it is. Thank you and you may be seated. Praise you, Jesus. Last Sunday morning, you might remember, I spoke to you on the power-driven life, this power of the Holy Spirit that God has given to us for power. I showed you a little video clip, you might recall, of a guy receiving a birthday gift from his wife, and it's the gift of a chainsaw, you remember that? And so he unwraps it, and he... Evidently, he's not acquainted with a chainsaw. And you saw how he unwrapped the gift, went outside and started to cut the log. But he was using the chainsaw like a regular saw. He was, you know, he, he got it and he celebrated, jumped and danced and had a big time like he really knew what was going to happen. And then he went out there and used it like a saw, used it like an axe, and tried to help cut the wood by using his teeth. And all of it you discovered because he didn't know how to power it up. Because he didn't know how to power up the chainsaw and didn't realize what he really had. He sweated, fretted, exhausted, frustrated, and quit the attempt to cut wood. And I use that analogy to say to you last Sunday, and I'll say it again, that the power of the Holy Spirit is a gift from God to us that enables us to live victoriously beyond the day of our conversion. After you get born again and saved, that's not just all the power you can have until you die or Jesus comes. Because after you get born again and saved, the devil doesn't resign. Matter of fact, he tries on occasion, especially after you come to Christ, to put a big bullseye on your chest or your back 
where he could aim his fiery darts to get you to turn away from God. So God says, and Jesus knows the power of the devil is real because he is like a roaring lion seeking whom may devour. Jesus said, I'm going to give you some more power after conversion. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And Jesus' promise of the coming of the Holy Spirit was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. When the Bible tells us that on that day there were 120 people in prayer, having been in prayer for 10 days prior, waiting on the promise of more power from God. The Bible says that the power came with the sound of a mighty rushing wind. It filled the room. Among the manifestations that appeared, not only the sound of a wind that blew through the room but didn't disturb anything, but there were cloven tongues of fire, literal tongues of fire, fire over each of their head, shaped in like a tongue, like you see in this uh, PowerPoint, over all, above their head, enough not to burn them or scorch them, but it is the, a symbol of the fire of the Holy Ghost. And everybody in the room, 120 of them, received a third of the manifestations that come with the Holy Ghost that came that day. And every one of them spoke with other tongues as the Holy Spirit in them gave them the capacity to speak in other languages that they never learned before. And the Bible said such power came on that day that Peter stood up and preached. The people, uh, not only the 120 received the power, but, but noise went out from that room early that morning. It was about 9 o'clock. And, and, and the power of Pentecost was so majestic and glorious in its coming that crowds began to gather near that room. And crowds began to gather in the courtyard and the areas around because they saw these manifestations. And they couldn't believe that people in that room who they live with and work with and grew up with, that didn't even know the language of people of other parts of Asia were speaking in other languages and, and the manifestation of God. And Peter stood up, the Bible says, and began to explain to them that this is that. This is what Joel spoke about long before Jesus. This is that. This is what, oh, I feel it. I come in, I feel, I feel it. Come in in this room. It's coming in this room. And after Joel speaked about it, Jesus confirmed Joel's word when he said, in the last days I'll pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And upon your servants and handmaidens in the last days I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And he says, and whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is that. The Bible said the power of the Holy Spirit will use Peter so. I'm talking about a transformed Peter. When the Holy Spirit comes, it'll give you a kind of boldness you never had before. This is the same Peter that 40 days prior, 50 days prior, I should say, 53 days prior, denied knowing Jesus Christ. This is the same Peter when Jesus needed a friend the most. He denied him three times and cursed and swore that he never knew him. This is the same Peter that ran and hid. Because he was broken over disappointing his God. But when the Holy Ghost came and Jesus had already forgiven Peter. And he got so full of the Holy Ghost. He preached on the day of Pentecost with such boldness and authority and fire. That 3,000 people were born again and baptized in water. Somebody give the Lord some praise. I am saying to you that the Holy Spirit is the powerful person of the Trinity. Not a it and not a chainsaw. Pardon me if I'm being too crude. The Holy Spirit is not a it and it's not a thing. It's the third person of the triune God. And if we would know the power of the Holy Ghost. And realize the power of the Holy Ghost given to us. We will not be tossed about in and out of church and spirituality and the works of the devil and our flesh. Up one Sunday and down the next Sunday. Victorious Monday and defeated Friday. If we would know how to power up and plug in and be baptized in the Holy Ghost... We will be more productive and more fruitful. Somebody say amen. 
I told you last week, Galatians 5, I talked to you and I don't need to spend all the time there. I told you about this wrestling that Paul says we have after we're saved. After you're saved, you're still housed in your flesh. But you also have the Holy Spirit who is now resident in you. And Paul says in Galatians 5, the flesh, the work of the flesh, the old life, the sin nature. After you're saved, wants to rise up again. And so you might have gone about three, four weeks, five weeks, six months, saved and happy and wonderful. But if you don't keep that salvation growing and stirring and Bible reading and prayer and seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the old nature is going to come back up. You read, read what Jesus said. He said, when the evil spirit is cast out of a man or a person and that house is clean, that evil spirit goes away and, and looks for somebody else to dwell. But if he comes back in about six weeks or six months and he finds that the Spirit of God that was in you is no longer there, he'll move in back again and bring his buddies and pals, and your latter state is going to be worse than your former state. And, and I'm saying to you that there, is, that there there is that wonderful thing about keeping the Holy Spirit alive in us, but the flesh tries to come back. And so last week I showed you, and I talked about the sins of the flesh, and I told you that we've got to keep fighting by the power of the Holy Ghost in us, by the full armor of God, by the Bible, by our, but we've got to keep resisting the flesh. And so, let me not, oh man, uh, this is one of my most favorite topics on which to preach. I've been reading about five different books on this topic in the last month. And so, you might, you might conclude that I'm full of it. Whatever you're full of is going to, you know, whatever is in the well is going to come up with the bucket. (laughs) Jesus said among the things the Holy Spirit would do to us, and if you're taking notes, you want to remind yourself, many things He would do, but He would help us. I mean, oh, you need a help along the way. He would, secondly, comfort us. Oh, I need a comforter along the way. Not everybody's for you. Number three, He would guide us. He would be our spiritual GPS. Our God positioning system. God don't need no satellite to guide me. I just need to be full of the Holy Ghost. Help us. Comfort us. Guide us. Number four, He would teach us. Teach us the Word. Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to love, forgive, and give. Help us, comfort us, guide us, teach us, empower us. Oh, my, my, my. Here's a, I told you in closing last Sunday, here's an outlet in the wall, the closest one I can get to. If I'm going to use the vacuum cleaner to clean this carpet, sometimes I come in here and pray during the week and I open that door and they were cutting grass this week while I was opening the door to pray and it blew in their grass stuff in here. So I had to go get the cleaner. I can come by here and run the cleaner by this plug and hope it turns on. But just because I ran the plug by there doesn't mean I got no cleaner power. Huh? <laughs> Help me, Jesus. Unless I plug in the cleaner and find the power switch, then I got some power. I- I'm preaching already before I started preaching. You can carry many Bibles. You can carry five versions. You can carry in your iPod. And you can carry it in your palm, and you can carry it in your iPad, and you can carry it on your phone. You just brush it by your head, and you ain't got no power still. You can walk by your coffee table where you have the large family Bible, where you hide all the stuff that you don't want nobody to find. You know they ain't going near the Bible. So you put your cash and all that. <laughs> Preach little, yeah, yeah. You can, walk, you can drive by South Metro Ministry, Pentecostal Church, and say you go there. But if you don't get in the Bible and get in the house of God and plug in to a prayer life and ask God to give you the baptism in the Holy Ghost and march down the aisle and get prayed for, you will not have any more power than the day you got saved. Oh, you can cut wood with a, cha- with, with a saw. You can cut wood with a saw. But you can cut some stacks of wood. Wood with a chainsaw. I- I'm just trying to tell you. 
You can drive to California from Sharpsburg, Georgia, get there in three days in your car. (laughs) But you can also get a first-class ticket on a large airline. And I'll beat you there with a little bit of snacks in my hand when you get there three three days later. Because although you are going to get to heaven one day after you get saved... Why do you have to live like a spiritual yo-yo? Why do you have to crawl when you can run? Why do you have to sit down when you can stand up? Why do you have to be quiet when you can praise God and put the devil on the run? Why do you have to be the tail if you can be the head? Somebody come on and praise God. (laughs) Uh, Okay, here I go. You know, some of you have been... uh, Lied to by people who didn't know nothing about the Holy Ghost. You have been prejudiced by folks who criticized, found fault, condemned the Holy Ghost. And so, uh, put, okay, uh, I don't know where I'm going, but I'll get there. Put, put the first slide up there that says seven dangerous sins against the Holy Spirit. Put the one that says blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. The first, Okay. When the, the word blaspheme means to speak disparaging of and to speak in an insulting way. Now, if you are ignorant of that possibility of sin and you've done that, you didn't know it, that that would be such a sin, God's going to forgive you in your ignorance. Can I get a witness? But if you or I blaspheme the Holy Spirit with the knowledge that blasphemy is a sin against the Holy Spirit. That's the one sin that there's no forgiveness of, period. There's no other sin Jesus talked about or any other of the prophets that is a sin that is unforgivable except the sin of blasphemy. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 12, verse 31 and 32, look on the screen. These are the words of Jesus. If you have a red letter edition of Scripture, they'd be in red. Jesus said, Therefore I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven men. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, even Jesus, who is the Son of Man, the only one, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven him. Look, look at this. Either in this age or the age to come. So I, I'm saying to you that among the seven sins, be very careful about what you nod at when somebody's talking about the Holy Spirit and they don't know what they're talking about, okay? You see, the Holy Spirit is such a power that when, when, when the power of God comes upon some people, when the, when the natural, the natural flesh is inhabited by the supernatural, sometimes you just have a physical manifestation. I'll preach about some of those in another service. Uh, sometimes when people have the manifestation of the Holy Spirit come upon them, they go, I'm going to wake up some folks. Whoop! Ah. I'm just telling you what people do. I'm too dignified to do that. Sometimes when the Holy Spirit comes on people, they melt like and they fall back on the floor. Don't curse or fuss about that. Okay, read your Old Testament and your New Testament almost always. When the presence of God showed up among the people, most of the time they fell prostrate on their face or they just melt. But some people have come along and, and they don't know about Pentecostalism and the Holy Spirit. So they've said they're just a bunch of gibberish Bunch of bunch of tongue talking, makeup phony nonsense. Be careful what you nod at. I know tongue talking's been abused. I know falling in the spirit's been abused. Not everybody who fell in the spirit had the Holy Ghost. And if you don't fall, if you ain't got no Holy Ghost on you, fall in the spirit. I want you to pay your own stitches for your head, okay? See, I, I, so everything's been abused. Some, the devil got a counterfeit for everything real about God. And then folks will come along, I'd like to tell this, they come along and said, yeah, and them Pentecostals, they, they handle snakes. They might, have, they might have done that up in the hills of Kentucky and up in Tennessee. But I'm telling you, okay, you look, look right here, these, look, look at these, uh, these eyes and this face. If you bring a snake in this church, 
I guarantee you the spirit of slap is going to come upon me, and it won't be the snake getting slapped. Okay? If you bring a snake in this church, you better bring you a hoe, a hammer, or a shotgun. We are not tempting the Holy Spirit. That's another sin against the Spirit. I mean, I get far here, okay? God didn't say bring in cage snakes, put your hand in there and talk in tongues and touch it. That you are asking for trouble. You are testing the Holy Ghost, okay? But folks are going out and said, them bunch of tongue talkers, they handle snakes. No, the Bible says like, like Paul did, and I taught this in the membership class this Wednesday night. Paul on the island of Malta was shipwrecked with his other peers traveling. And the storm is still blowing. The night is cold. It's cold on the island. They're on the shore. They gather up some sticks and some wood, and they're going to make a fire to get warm by. The fire is ignited, and little did they know, in gathering their sticks, there was a viper, a serpent, in the midst of the stick. And when the fire began to illuminate and get hot, the vipers reached up out of the fire and, and, and bit Paul on the hand. And the natives of the island knew that there was a poisonous snake, and they expected Paul to die within the hour. But because he didn't aggravate the snake, and he didn't deliberately go pick it up, God protected him as the man of God, and God did not cause him to die. I'm saying to you, be careful about this blasphemy. Okay? Sometimes you got to listen to what your mother said. And if she didn't say it, she ought to start saying it. If you can't say anything good. Well, yes, 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 yes. I'm saying to you that nothing, if you don't understand the way a service is flowing, Trust God that He'll in control. But don't be quick to criticize and scrutinize. And next thing you know, you open your mouth. and Now, it'll take a lot to blaspheme the Holy Ghost. But there's no repentance. And, and, and then the second of, of the sin against the Holy Spirit is this of lying to the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us of, of a couple, a man and a wife, Ananias and Sapphira, in the book of Acts chapter 5. The spirit of benevolence had come upon the church. There were many widows, orphans, otherwise needy people in the church. And the apostles and the leader of the church, Peter, decided, let's as many of us as can sell some stuff, have yard sales, do, do whatever we can. Let's bring money together and things together and give to the widows, the orphans, and the poor and take care of the people in the church. A man by the name of Barnabas was, was a little more wealthy than the average attender. And so he sold some land and took all the profit from the land and brought it into the church and wanted to be an anonymous giver, but, but the word got out. And Ananias and Sapphira, also attenders of the church, saw the accolades, the pomp, the circumstance, the celebration, the applause that Barnabas got from the rest of the church and the community, and they thought, we want some of that. They had some land. They sold the land. They brought money to the apostle and said, this is the money for the land we sold. We're giving it to the church. Give it to the poor. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit checked the pastor, whose name is Peter. And he said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? The truth of the matter is, they did not bring all the money for the sale of the land. They bought a portion of it, making it look like they did like Barnabas and gave all of it. And they lied to the Holy Spirit. After Peter rebuked him, within seconds he fell down dead. Ananias fell down dead. The attendants at the temple and the house of God, four, five, six guys, come, took him outside, buried him. About three hours later, Mrs. Ananias, whose name is Sapphira, got to thinking, where's the old boy? Supper's ready. He said he was going to church to give the offering. She came in too. Peter gave her a chance and said, Is this the price of the property that you and your husband gave? Yes, it is. She then lies to the Holy Spirit. It takes me to point number three. Tested the Holy Spirit. Then Peter said to her, How is it that you've agreed, you and your husband Ananias, Together to test the Spirit of God. Let me, let me say this to you, okay? I, I, don't, I ain't here to scare nobody. But an American church, we take God and the Holy Spirit far too lightly. Amen. 
God is a God of love and of mercy and justice, but he's got his line. Why have you and your husband together test the Holy Spirit? In a matter of moments, she fell down dead. They took her. Beside, he said, listen, you've lied to the Holy Spirit. The guy's just coming back in now from burying your husband. And they go and bury her beside him. I got to thinking about this. There was no viewing of the body. There was no embalming. There was no vault. They want no six feet. They want y'all come and bring a supper for the family because they grieve. I'm, I'm telling you, that's serious business by God. You let that happen once or twice, South Metro Ministries, and everybody's going to be honest about their tithe and offering real quick. That. Yeah. I don't mean to be unkind now. But there's some folks, they're lying to the Holy Spirit about their obedience. They're lying about what they're given. They're lying about what they're going to do. They're lying about what they said. And I, I, I don't mean, I'm just simply saying to you, God, the power of the Holy Ghost is here to help you and bless you. But you've got to cooperate with the Holy Ghost. And where we're weak, say, God, I'm weak. Where we, we don't have enough, say, God, I don't have enough yet, but help me. Can I, can I get Because all the things I read to you in Thessalonians, God wants you to do. But he's not going to put you out there on a lurch and you can't do it. If you can't do something, ask the Holy Ghost to help you. But for goodness sake, don't lie to the Holy Ghost and don't test the Holy Ghost. See, a lot of people are going to miss heaven who think they're going there because they're testing God. Can you, can you hear me? Yeah. We got all kind of Hollywood kind who think that there's a kind of religion for you folks on Sunday because we are the commoners and a different kind for them. They're testing God. Okay? They, the, a lot of these Hollywood folks, a lot of these country music stars, rock music stars, entertainers of the world, athletic kind, they, many of them have been brought up in church just like you. Their grandma took them to church. Their mama took them to church. They were blessed by God. Baptist, Catholic, Lutheran, Presbyterian, Church of God, whatever. They went to church. They know the way of God. They know what adultery is. They know what fornication is. They know what pornography is. They know what lesbianism is and homosexuality and how it grieves God. They know about giving offerings and giving tithe and speaking well and not sleeping around in sin, but they got a little more money now. They got some television shows that have their name, their names up in light, their faces on a magazine, and they think God's got a standard for you and a different standard for me, and they're testing the Holy Ghost. You be very careful who your role model is. You be very careful who your hero is, okay? Because the Bible, the Bible says, not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of God. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost helping me preach this morning. Don't test the Holy Ghost. Let Him test you. And He'll make you better for testing you. There's a fourth dangerous sin against the Holy Spirit. It's trafficking the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 8, verses 18 and 20, a man by the name of Simon, who was a sorcerer, saw how the power of God was given through the apostles. And he saw the manifestations of the Spirit of God performing miracles. He saw how the apostles, Peter and John, had come to Samaria. And they prayed for the believers. Peter and John went to Samaria because people there were already serving God and Christians. But they hadn't yet received the Holy Ghost. Baptism. So Peter and John went down to Samaria and had a revival service and preached about power beyond salvation known as the baptism. And they laid hands on the new converts and they all were filled with the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost comes down, there's going to be healings and miracles and deliverance and gifts and fruits of the Spirit. Simon the sorcerer who made his money reading palm, plucking the chicken, reading the feathers. Y'all go ahead and laugh and do whatever you need to because we know some of the weird things that we've trusted in the past. Simon the sorcerer who made money selling rabbit foot. You know, rabbit foot and pet rock about the same family. It's amazing. What we hang around our neck and stick in our pocket and put under our pillow that ain't got nothing to do with the Holy Ghost and God and Jesus. I feel it somewhere. When you are born again, you don't need anything else but Jesus. 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 That's all you're ever going to need until you die. And after that, when
when you get to heaven, it's still going to be Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Somebody clap your hand for Jesus. Uh, I get all these pictures in my head while I'm preaching, and i got to keep shoving it off. See, that's why I ain't going to surprise some of you when I come to visit you. Because <laughs> I want to see your rabbit foot on the table. There. I'm only teasing you, okay? I only have enough. This man says to Peter and John, I want to buy that Holy Ghost. Did he do it? you got to read the Bible. He offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Ghost. Look how serious it is. Peter says to him, Your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter. For your heart is not right in the sight of God, Simon. Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness and pray God if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. Peter ain't finished preaching to this boy. This is what he says. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. And Simon backed up. He said, oh, okay, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. I, I don't want none of what you just said. I'm telling you, too many preachers in America have taken the payoff. Because they want to build big churches. And they want to have mega ministries. And they know if they preach against certain sins... I'm, I'm telling you what I know. They wouldn't even touch these things because it affects the finances. And that, to me, is selling the Word of God and trafficking in the Holy Ghost. Somebody ought to say amen. If you don't like this church and don't like my, my style of preaching, how I do things, God leads you elsewhere. Be sure you go to a place where the whole Bible is preached. Thank God for mega church. Thank God for television ministry. Thank God for radio ministry. But Jesus did not die on the cross so we could have mega churches and mega pastors and large buildings and buildings with our name on it. Jesus died on the cross so that whosoever will can come to know His saving grace and keeping power. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap here. Don't sell out your Holy Ghost. Some of you, until you get to know us better, you're kind of quiet. That's okay. You started coming over here, started sitting in the back row. Because something drew, the Holy Spirit led you here. Some of you have been attending the church of the fridge today. The ushers are like icicles. And there's a big polar bear in the pulpit called the preacher. You, you, you've been going to a skating rink for church service. You know a skating rink? It's a frozen atmosphere where people keep going in circles all the time. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. You know, the, I don't know why I get so excited. I've got to preach next service, then I've got to go up to North Georgia this evening to Hawassi for another service. But I, when I get full of the Holy Ghost, oh, and I'm not preaching there tonight, but oh, I think I could. Listen. And you come, you start coming to South Metro Ministry. I don't know, but he tells a little few little jokes. I'm going to keep going. I like that choir. You know what I'm praying, by the way, choir? Pastor Chad, I walked in this choir, and the rest of you, this is an encouragement to you. I pray that every one of these chairs would be filled every Sunday. I ask God to make people out there in the congregation jealous of you because the anointing is on you and the power is on you. So get ready to keep your chair because it's coming. Matter of fact, some of you are quenching the spirit right now. You got a singing talent. You quenching the spirit. It was going to be three months ago for you to join the choir, but you managed to go three months and you quenched the Holy Ghost. And now you ain't even using your gift. That's when you all thought I was going to be nice. I, I let the hammer down, don't I? Some of you started coming here and you ain't so sure about it. Somebody asks you where you go to church, you go, What'd you say? Ministries. Because <laughs> you ain't so sure whether we're kooky. Some of you come here and you see me shout and rejoice. And if you're really happy, you think, I'll have what he's having. Some of you are thinking, oh God, don't let it even come near me. <laughs> How many of the Holy Ghost is not a Holy Ghost of chaos? Yeah. Don't sell him short. Number five, quickly. Resisting the Holy Spirit. Stephen charged the religious leaders in Acts chapter 7 of resisting the Holy Spirit. And you know what? 
The Holy Spirit doesn't push himself. He won't make you speak in tongues. If your lips started stammering, you could shut it up. Because the Bible says the gifts of the Spirit are subject to the prophet. If somebody laid your hands on you and you felt like your knees were getting a little weak because the power of God came upon you, you don't have to fall. No. You don't. What, what I'm saying is, God is not some kind of God who is a God of wanting to just have a show. Can I get an amen? If you don't want to praise, you don't want, you don't want, but the more you yield to the Spirit, the more you go ahead and praise. The more, if somebody's there to catch you, fine. If not, you can fall as you want to. If, if, you feel, if hot tears come down your face, uh, don't resist it. Let it come. If stammering lips come in and you're praying in your prayer closet, you're praying in the altar and you're praising God and your English starts to give way to what is a little stammering lips and you kind of, but you don't lose your mind. Just, just, just don't resist the Holy Ghost. Let Him give you that gift also. Can I get an amen? Let, let, me, let me say this to you. Uh, there, there, when we resist the Holy Ghost, we miss blessings. The Holy Ghost will lead some of you to start praying. Somebody called me this week and told me not to call them back. And I'll tell you why. It's not a bad thing. So, Pastor, is everything okay? Left me a voicemail. About 1 o'clock this morning, it was going to be Tuesday morning, 1 o'clock. I was praying for you. I got up praying for you. Praying for your wife and children. Is everything okay, Pastor? That's the Holy Ghost. I tossed all that night because I was grieved about something. Something occurred Monday that grieved me and I could hardly sleep. It had to do with the Holy Ghost. It had to do with the church. It had to do with the church and what I perceived as somebody trying to take advantage of our church. And I grieved about it. And And when that sister called me, I knew that I had a helper I didn't even know about. God will tell you, grandma, grandpa, husband, wife, friend, and you're driving down the car, or you at work, or, or you're someplace else, and that face come to your mind, and God says, stop what you're doing right now and pray for that person. You don't even know why. You don't even know what's going on. You pray. The burden leaves you. Can I get an amen? When the burden comes, you pray until the burden leaves you. Maybe next week or other time, you get an email that evening and, 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 and you get a testimony of somebody that was going through, pardon the grandma, but you were going through a little bit of hell and God told you to pray for them. When you heard their testimony, you remember the time, you remember the burden, and you thank God that you did not resist the Holy Ghost. Wow. There are times when God will say to you in the Holy Spirit, as a Christian, make the phone call. Send the email. Send them a text. Go by their house. Stop by the job. Encourage them. That's the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will never tell you to do anything bad, egotistical, embarrassing. I mean, you all know what I'm talking about. The Holy Ghost told you. Next thing you know, you sent the text, you sent the email, you made the phone call. You didn't even get them live, but you left a message on the answer machine. Because you didn't resist the Holy Ghost. And somebody may have been going through a suicidal moment. But you said, it may look foolish in the flesh, but I'm praying. You hear me now? Hear me? I, I, listen, I tell you. You may give in an offering. It may be your last $5. And the appeal is made for whatever the appeal is at that time. And the Holy Ghost says, so. You think, what am I going to do? It's the last of what I got. Or I got to pay this. But you sow. You tithe. You give. Because the Holy Ghost says that it's really not a real gift if you got surplus and you just given God a tip. But if you give out of obedience and you give sacrificially, that's where the real trust is. You go ahead and sow. The next thing you know, I told you I got a letter from a lady who said she, God told her to have a yard sale so she could give to rise up and build. She didn't have the mortgage for that month. They were going through other issues in their finances and family. She had the yard sale, give the money to rise up and build. And God gave her another job, a better job. More pay. God gave her a check from somewhere equal to and more than the mortgage payment for the month. Because she did not resist the Holy Ghost. There are two other points and I will not get to it today. Listen to me. When you hear the preacher preach, 
And the Spirit says, Now's your time. Now's your time. Go up. When you hear the singer sing or testament, the Spirit says, Today, pray now. Go to the altar. The Spirit says, Raise your hands. The flesh says, What will somebody say? You see, another, another way we resist the Holy Ghost, and I, I'm not going there, but I'm just going to talk, is we care too much about what somebody else thinks. If your boyfriend or girlfriend or whomever else in your circle of influence won't go to heaven with you, then you should be very careful not to go to hell with them. Okay? We resist the Holy Ghost by what we think other people think about us or what we want other people. Don't resist Him. Because He comes as a comforter, a helper, and a guide. Stand, please. Would you stand? Thank you, Jesus. Don't leave now. Tarry with me because I, I, want us to, I want us to get the fullness of the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. How many say, Pastor Allen, whatever God has for me that makes me better, makes me more like Jesus, and helps me to defeat the devil, bless others, Pastor Allen, that's what I want. Whatever blesses God in me, that's what I want. Would you, would, you, would you indulge me by raising your hands? Both hands. Raise both hands. Ask Him for it now. Say, God, I want more of the Holy Spirit in my life every day. Come on. Begin, begin to pray that way. I'll pray loud enough for you to hear yourself so the devil won't distract you. God, I want more of the Holy Spirit. I want more of the power. I want, come on, God. I do not want to blaspheme the Holy Ghost. Come on, pray a, a little bit louder. I do not want to test the Holy Ghost. I do not want to lie to the Holy Ghost. I do not want to... Father, let, let my friends drag me away. I, want, I, I do not want to resist the Holy Ghost. That's me, Lord. Put your hands down a moment and bow your heads. Right now, in just a matter of seconds, I'm going to give you an invitation to give your heart to Jesus Christ or come back to Him if you haven't. And then you can get baptized this Wednesday. Pastor Allen, I have resisted the Holy Spirit. And the devil has even told me that I've blasphemed and there's no hope for me. If you feel something calling you, you haven't blasphemed. Heads bowed and eyes closed. If you feel any kind of conviction, you haven't blasphemed. Because now your heart is still open to the voice of God. If you blaspheme and you've been turned over to the devil, you won't feel nothing from God. But pastor, I do not want to jeopardize my soul. And I need to be born again. I need to come back to the Lord. In this closing prayer, would you pray for me, pastor? Heads bowed and eyes are closed. Just me and you. And the Holy Ghost inviting you. Raise your hand if that's you. Raise your hand if that's you. I'm coming back. I'm coming back, Pastor. I'm coming for the first time. Hold it up in faith. Don't resist. Don't re- Thank you. Thank you. Just us. Just us. Don't care about nobody else. Put him down. Pastor Allen, I know that there are times when I should have and I didn't, and it was the Holy Ghost telling me, but I missed it. God helping me, I do not want to miss it again. I want to grow deeper and fuller, and I don't, want it. I don't care what others think. I care what God thinks. I want more of the Holy Spirit. Raise your hands. Oh, hallelujah. That's so many of you. Now lift your hands again. Lift your head to heaven. Everybody repeat after me out loud. Everybody out loud after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me. And Lord Jesus, I ask you today to forgive me of any and everything that have grieved you, that have grieved God and the Holy Spirit. Forgive me, God, for choosing a friendship with the world instead of the favor of God. I repent this morning. Come, Holy Spirit. Live in me. Breathe upon me. Breathe through me. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Give me the power not to resist, but to obey. Today, Lord... I'm selling out 100%. I am all yours in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Clap happily. Come on. Clap like if your hands are smiling. (laughs) Yes! Holy Ghost. Okay. I just need three more minutes. That's all I need. And if I take three and a half, it's because overtime is good. Remain standing if you will. There are people who have come this morning 
to join in fellowship with this church and I want you to be witnesses of their act of obedience to the Holy Spirit. If you come plan to join this church and you've come as a candidate to join, come and stand all the way up front and all the way close to the, the uh, altar here and then face the congregation. And in less than three minutes, I'm going to receive you and you're going to be witnesses and the others are going to receive you into this fellowship. Somebody say amen. amen. And in a little bit, get ready to sing something, whatever it is, it's going to be led by the Holy Ghost, I know. Come in Jesus' name. Hallelujah to Jesus. Somebody give a hand clap of, to God for Amen. Come on over on this side. God bless you. Go ahead. Give the Lord some praise. Come on. You got, yeah, it doesn't matter if you got to stand in front here a little bit and spread out a little bit further there. Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you know what always amazes me is as crazy as I am, y'all keep joining the church. Thank you, God. It ain't about me. It's about Jesus, isn't it? So I want to read to the congregation and to you the covenant of membership in their hearing and in yours to respond. It goes like this. You realize in presenting yourself for membership that you are assuming a solemn obligation. It is expected that you will always be true to your promise and faithfully fulfill and discharge your obligation as a loyal member. I have several questions to you that I ask that you answer in unison together out loud. Do you publicly confess and testify that you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? The answer is I do. Are you willing to abide by and subscribe to the guidelines of South Metro Ministries' declaration and statement of faith as outlined in Scripture and set forth in the minutes of the General Assembly of the Church of God? The answer is, I am. Do you acknowledge that as a member you are a representative of this ministry and that your personal and business dealings should be based on honesty, integrity, and do you agree that the use of the Scripture, the Bible, you agree to use the Scripture, the Bible, in its entirety as a guideline for your life? The answer is, I do. Further, do you acknowledge that your life should be one of modesty, moral purity, and holiness, requiring you to abstain from anything contrary to the Word of God? The answer is, I do. As a member of South Metro Ministries, will you commit yourself to God and to the other members of this church family by, number one, protecting the unity of the church, number two, sharing the responsibility of the church, number three, serving the ministry of the church, and number four, supporting the testimony of this church? The answer is, I will. <coughs> Are you willing to support the church with your attendance and temporal means to the best of your abilities as God prospers you? The answer is, I am. And then one more. Do you agree to be subject to the counsel and admonition of those who are over you in the Lord? The answer is, I do. By the authority vested in me as an ordained bishop in the Church of God, representing 7.5 million members in 180 countries around the world, 125 years old is this denomination, I gladly welcome you into this fellowship. And I know that God brought you here and brought us here for such a time as this. In the choir and in the house, point your hands in their direction. Let us offer a prayer. Those of you at the altar, join hands with one another in unity. Would you in the altar and the others of you point your hands in the direction of them. Pray with me, church, a blessing and a covering over this wonderful representation of the people of God. Father, thank you today for my brothers and sisters. Thank you for different nationalities, different color of skins, different ethnicities. Different, oh God, in all kinds of ways that make us stronger and not weaker. Thank you for the strength in diversity and the gifts that are represented here. I pray, oh God, a protection. Come on, church. A protection upon them in this flock. I pray for unity among us, God. That we don't judge one another, but we love one another and embrace one another. I pray that in this house they would find bread, the bread of life. They would find living water, Jesus Christ. They would find friendships and relationships that last a lifetime. They would find and rekindle the fire of their gifts and talents so that they could serve in ministry and help us build the kingdom. I pray for the salvation of their loved ones. I pray for the usefulness of their gifts for God. We dedicate these brothers and sisters to you and to the work of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Give another God bless you. Go ahead. Give another God bless you. Bless each other. So all of you up front, just tarry here for a little bit. I want our elders, I want our volunteers, our ministry leaders, and I want everybody who will stay as we transition to the next service. We'll start at that wall. But I want you to come and hug them and squeeze them and bless them and spoil them. Let them know that you're glad they're part of this church family. Even though you're not maybe a member here, you can come greet them. Then after they're finished, we want all of you at the front to transition to the commons. 
fellowship comments and will be here and we want to get some information from you to bless you sing my brother church greet each other as you go be blessed I'll take my time right here bless you